0: I'm Rob. I'm John. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. There's been some surprise entrants to Web3, including some luxury brands.
1: There has. There's been a number of luxury brands enter the Web3 space and there's sure to be more to
0: follow. So, episode 33. Let's get into it. Before we should probably do a little bit of a a catch-up on... Breaking news, which is not good. Breaking news. It's uh, no Solana wallets getting hacked and drained, which is horrendous. Um, where are we at now? Eight thousand hot wallets.
1: Yeah, the um, the, attack, the attack is still ongoing. Um, yeah, supposedly, and um, there's various different numbers being thrown around. Someone saying six million. Whether well, that's six million solano yeah. in which case that's a lot of money or six well, million saying, dollars or
0: whatever then this says eight It's now this was an hour ago and it says eight million dollars right. and the rumor i read although i can't find it now but the rumor i read was that the uh keys for various wallets have been hacked and nobody quite knows how um yeah there's not um great not they said co- so Solana have ruled out that it's not code based Hmm. which is comforting, I guess. But I mean, the real takeaway from this has to be, please spread your crypto out. Yep. Do not keep it all in one place because nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. Not hmm. Coinbase, not Binance, nothing. you Don't put your eggs in one basket. I promise you, at some point, you'll regret it.
1: Yeah. I mean, one key piece of kind of security info that I've seen uh, more and more people share, no matter which blockchain or wallets you hold lately, um, is to just go into um, your wallet settings and look at what permissions mm. you have enabled like what trusted apps yep. you have um you know w- what programs you're allowing access to mm. your wallet and revoking anything that seems suspicious or just wiping the list entirely and you know manually going through and linking your wallet back to all of the uh yep. you know the the dapps that you regularly use um yeah it's obviously it was not too long ago, that um Labs announced that they were kind of tracking a group in the space, looking to you know compromise social media accounts, uh, and then that hack then did happen with uh, numerous influencers and projects, not just in Web three, but also in kind of uh, the traditional influencer space. Um, now we've had this Solana hack, and yeah, twenty twenty two has not been a good year
0: for large scale no. hacks. No, it's been a lot of. Um disasters from hacks to yachts that i mean that's that's that still tilts me that that yacht um situation so yeah it's not been a good year but you know we've still got some months left and, and things that we're on i haven't actually checked today but we're on a bit of an uptick aren't we in terms yeah, of price yeah,
1: I, I put out a tweet a couple of days ago i'm um, kind of querying are we seeing the end of the bear market um i mean if i have a quick look at yeah, uh, the last seven days, Bitcoin's up eight and a half percent. Ethereum's up eleven percent. Uh, BNB up fourteen. Mm. Uh, Polkadot up twenty. So yeah, a lot of the um, the major kind of top twenty five cryptocurrencies have seen uh, have seen a rise in the last week or so, um, which is good to see. Um, the price of Wax has been um, a bit all over the place. <laughs> I yeah, think, I, it, I think it, it was either, shot up. Yeah, uh, some whale did some large transaction, um, which. Mm. Uh, kind of generates a lot of interest and um, and then I think a large either sold a lot or, or something happened and then the price dipped quite rapidly again as well so yeah I think we're still around the 11 cent mark but yeah it's been a well, um, it's been a bizarre week in crypto <laughs> to say the least it's always a bizarre okay. week. when's it a normal <laughs> so, week in crypto there's so, always some weird story that's a very good point point. Um, and that segues nicely onto. Um, mm. kind of what's going to lead us into the topic for the podcast um on uh, luxury brands and nfts is the announcement that tiffany are releasing a limited supply of 250 uh what they're like chains with pendants um in collaboration yeah. with cryptopunks and they are asking fifty thousand dollars a piece mm. uh, and you have to be a punk owner uh, yeah. to get them which um yeah that's so been quarter that's of been, a million easy <laughs> yeah that's been uh, that's been the hot topic on uh, most people's minds in Web3 uh, this week. Mm. What are your thoughts on it, Rob?
0: Unexpected. And I've been following brands within Web3 for a while. I've spoken to a lot of uh, brands, particularly in the watch industry that have looked at it and we can come back to the watch industry as I know we inevitably will. But um, Tiffany, I don't know. I, I didn't expect that. And I particularly didn't expect the way in which they've done it, which is these, so that the pendants are either, I think, rose or yellow gold. And they have 30 gemstones, 30 or more gemstones, and they resemble your CryptoPunk. So you yep. obviously you have to have a CryptoPunk and then it's made of that and it costs 30, 30 ETH, which is why 30 ETH was trending for like three days, um, which is about $51,000. I like it. I think it's cool. I think there's something I want to bring up later that I think is bigger about IP and and how this was possible. But as an overview, I think it's cool. I think the pendants, uh, if you were to wear one, I'd want to punch you in the face because they are (laughs) horrendously ugly. Unless you are a mainstream rapper... Do n- never wear it. You can have it. Put it on display. It's a lovely ornament. Uh, <laughs> Please never wear it. You
1: you say that, but there's been board Ape holders getting, you know, bespoke pieces mm. in a very similar vein made recently. Yeah, I hate them for, too. For actually about half the price. I can't remember exactly who it was, but someone paid 15 ETH for like a bespoke, iced
0: out uh, yeah. board Ape Yacht Club. Pendant. Horrendous. Um, you can't buy class. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's never been more clear than Crypto Bros. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I love that you can do this. I love that this collaboration is there. And I also, if I had a CryptoPunk, I reckon I'd probably buy this this collaboration so with I. Tiffany. And I'd display it in my house, but I'd never wear it. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a, it's a multi-coloured, pixelated Punk out of jewels. And it looks... Have you seen it? It looks big. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look oh, that it's, small.
1: It's huge. It's, um, yeah, it's not the kind of thing you can hide. Or well, it's not no. the kind of thing you'd I, want to as hide. If they,
0: yeah, as if. Who's buying this and then <laughs> hiding it under their shirt? No, no chance.
1: Yeah, I, I there's been mixed reaction from this. Of course, mainstream media's cottoned onto it and branded it a joke. Um, I, I've seen a lot of Shocker. both media outlets and the general public um, saying that it's too expensive for what it is. And I think, I mean, mm. I, for for me personally, I mean, I, I never used to really be a, a jewelry person, but in the last few months, especially, I've been kind of becoming more um, familiar with the uh, kind of the jewelry world and with tiffany and you know Arpels mm-hmm. and and various other brands and i don't really know what people expected this to go for when the announcement came that tiffany is making um jewelry for the nft space like it, it's tiffany which is one of the world's largest and most prestigious jewelry houses are making mm-hmm. 18 karat gold pendants with over 30 jewels in them and they're not cheap yeah. jewels either i know um someone noted that if you've got a CryptoPunk with um one of those gold earrings and they'll use a canary diamond which is a Mm. very expensive jewel and of course you're paying a premium for the tiffany brand name but is it worth 50k it's arguable but i don't think it's a extremely exorbitant price for what you're receiving
0: no i don't i don't think so and You've got to remember that its value is now tied up in the fact that it's Tiffany, Tiffany's first venture into Web three. Absolutely. Um, also, you've got to look at their target demographic. They're, they're targeting how many crypto punks are there? Two hundred, something like that. Um, they're targeting extremely wealthy people now. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily um, a, a bad price to put on it. And I think I also think that. Maybe I'm not not for sure, but maybe pe- the people who own the CryptoPunks, if they're looking at selling those CryptoPunks in the future, having this to go along in that deal might be um, a real selling point. I think that's quite cool. In fact, it might end up being if you missed out on this and you own a CryptoPunk, that might end up being a, a sort of negative against it. Yeah, I'm interested to see
1: how quickly these sell out. I think as of the time of recording, it's about um, we've got about 36 hours until they're up for sale. There's ten thousand crypto punks. There's a limited supply of two hundred and fifty of these pendants. So, you know. only 250, is it? Yeah, so so only two and a half percent of punk holders will even be able to get a hold of one. I am not sure if people are able to buy several. I'd assume not, so I'd assume it's just one per person. Um yeah, yeah, I think if you are a if you are a punk holder, um it's I I don't want to say it's a must buy. It's a fifty thousand dollar gaudy pendant, but (laughs) um yeah, you know, there's I I'm, I would um, assume, obviously, uh, not financial advice and all of that, <laughs> um, but you know, as you said, it's an iconic piece. It's Tiffany's first move into into Web mm. three. It's uh, it's a it's a Tiffany pendant. You know, you're you're paying you're paying a brand price, but you're also paying for some of the highest quality precious metals and jewels um, in the world. I'd say.
0: So, yeah, and I I think they've I think they positioned it quite well with that two fifty, um, because. That's such a small percentage of the collection and more or less anyone who owns a CryptoPunk. Well, no, I mean, a lot of them could have owned it before it went up in value. But I think a, a lot of the people who have bought CryptoPunks, and there's been quite a few sales, they're, they're likely to get in on this. Yeah. And 200 is limited enough that I, I think, I reckon it sells out, which is crazy, but I, I reckon it sells out quite quickly. Yeah.
1: I don't think ultimately for one of those, you know, very high-end luxury brands like Tiffany, um, I don't think it's too unexpected that they partner with, let's say, CryptoPunks to get into the space. I think if if they did their own NFTs, then cool. But I don't think it would have had as much of a reaction than hey, Tiffany no. partners with CryptoPunks uh, on these. Let's just call them intriguing items of jewelry, <laughs> 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 because I mean, ultimately they needed a, an audience that really has the cash to be able to afford them <laughs> and
0: um, punk owners yeah. are, are likely to fall into that bracket so but i did i still find it jarring i, I think yeah. they are two. it's two very contrasted i mean one's not even a brand one one's a a collection of uh, one of the first ever nft collections and and style wise and it's the sort of thing i can imagine certain brands you know collaborating on um but Tiffany wasn't one of them for me. They, they've always been extremely traditional, pretty reserved. They don't, I can't recall any like really garish pieces, any like really elaborate modern art style um, PR stunts or anything like that. So it's surprising. And I bet they had some internal resistance to the idea. But it's cool. I mean, yeah, they're joining. A pretty established crowd now of luxury brands who have ventured into web3 i mean it, this year alone there's been so many
1: oh yeah, absolutely um not just this year i think the last couple of years there's been a number of luxury brands enter mm. yeah. the space so i think it uh, correct me if i'm wrong here but i think 2021 was the year where luxury brands and nfts really um, kind of kicked off and it was yep. num- numerous brands as well. So um probably one of the most well known ones is uh Burberry partnering with yep. Blancos Block Party Blankos, yeah. on these uh these kind of interesting Blanco skins, um, effectively. Mm. And I, I that one struck me as um not weird, but kind of strange. Like, hey, Burberry, this kind of... I don't want to say stuffy. I think they're rebranding themselves to be a bit more youthful. But this kind of old-fashioned um, kind of fashion house partners with this kind of cutesy, fall-guys-ish <laughs> blockchain game <laughs> Yeah. on these skins that you can, you know, you can wear this skin and then run around and shoot people. Or It's not the kind of partnership I thought Burberry would go after, but it's a very cool one. Um, and... Yeah. I think it kind of latches on to a wider point for me, which is maybe something we can discuss um in a bit more detail in a bit, is that I think a lot of these luxury brands are looking to enter the NFT space to prove that, you know, they're still forward thinking and they're still hip and cool and with the times and they're not just for old people or hmm. you know, they're they're not they're not stuffy and old fashioned that, you know, they're with it. They're they're in the game. And I think a lot of the um a lot of these brands might view Web3 as their ticket back into um back into the realms of popularity let's say because i mean who who really goes out and buys burberry nowadays i mean you're probably going to tell me you have like three burberry scarves now but (laughs) i i
0: don't so uh, the problem was burberry got completely screwed in the uk by um their hat which became very popular with yes, the wrong did. type of demographic and it, and it ruined their tartan print they actually kind of reimagined that tartan print um, mm-hmm. which is funnily enough the Blankos uh, skin is the reimagined print the newest yeah. version of it um, but I, I, so I like Burberry and um, Liz my my girlfriend is uh, a fashion designer. For anyone who doesn't know, and she loves Burberry. Like I think they are very well respected within the fashion industry. They are sort of revered, you know. Yeah. Um, but they this isn't the first time they've made some strange moves uh, towards younger generations. And I say strange, I'm kind of I, I quite like what they're doing. So they they've got some stuff in the music industry, uh, which is cool. They do um, they do a uh, sort of I can't remember what it's called it's like a Burberry acoustic thing it's on YouTube I don't know if they still do it but it was amazing for, for how long it lasted but they ventured into gaming I don't know if you knew this they oh no, I did not so this is before Blancos uh is it Blancos or Blancos is oh, there an apostrophe that's a, that's a good question <laughs> I, don't, I don't know incidentally someone on Twitter had a go at me um for not covering Blancos enough uh earlier so i'm making Hmm. a conscious effort to look more into it because i think it might be fair criticism anyway uh so burberry collaborated with a game called honor of kings have you heard of it i've heard of it i don't know too much about it so i knew i knew nothing about it i can't even remember i'd heard of it at that point but essentially it's a moba in china that is a gargantuan it's like china's game they people just love it and basically they released a Burberry skin for a character in that mobile Honor of Kings which is strange to me I mean I think it I think it's a 10 cent game so like it's it's a big big deal but they that's the first that was their first venture or I believe that's their first venture into the digital realms and so I've written a few articles about that and how I think that's a very um Oh, I can't think of the right word, but I, I think they are looking at the long game. And yeah. I think that's a prudent decision to start working on skins for games and yeah. digital fashion. So they've certainly been interested in, in new approaches, which might come as a result of you know loss of favour, um, particularly yeah. in the UK, which is the homeland for them.
1: It's interesting. Um, I'm not sure if Honor of Kings is a 10 cent... I mean, it it, it is or not. I'm not sure. Um, Perhaps it is. But it it would be interesting if it is because um, obviously League of Legends is under um, Tencent's kind of umbrella and uh, League of Legends has had a partnership with Louis uh, Louis Vuitton and Yves Saint Laurent for several years now, um, Mm -hmm. both in terms of skins. Now I think think Yves Saint Laurent actually sponsor um, one of the uh, pro leagues in China. So it seems like there's definitely a, a market in China for these luxury brands to try and, you know, obtain an audience through these new digital means uh, funnily mm. enough and um, just kind of on the esports topic i guess um it's been a while since i watched esports on the regular but i tuned into some of um some professional league of legends uh last week a week ago and mm. weirdly the majority i won't say the majority but a good portion of the adverts were for more esteemed luxury brands so there were mercedes mm. cars and uh, I can't remember the luxury brand off the top of my head, but that were selling bags, and I was like, "Huh, that's not." It's no longer like, "Hey, buy this comfy gamer chair and buy <laughs> yeah, buy this." Those G orange fuel. glasses. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> those are so bad.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I now these, gamer gloves.
1: Yeah, and now you're, you know, you're you're watching, you're watching pro esports. It's like, hey, buy this fifty k Mercedes or buy this two k mm-hmm. bag, which is strikes me as strange. I'm not sure how much of um, their user base um is is receptive to that but it must work otherwise they wouldn't do it
0: so i i wonder what they're aiming for i wonder i mean we don't i guess we don't know enough about advertising but i wonder if they're they're not really aiming for sales as much as they're aiming for brand awareness and aspiration because obviously you know gaming is still a fairly young average age and even League of Legends, which has been out for years, I, th- I imagine the professionals are still quite young. The people who watch it are still, you know, twenties, thirties, and teens. Um, so maybe they're trying to establish themselves in in their minds for the future. You know, when they have perhaps more disposable income. I don't, I don't know, but it's certainly something. Louis Vuitton, as you say, Louis Vuitton is they've they've been active in the sort of digital world, and in fact, they they did a collaboration with Beeple, Um to celebrate Louis Vuitton's the founder Louis Vuitton the actual Louis Vuitton uh, mm-hmm. his 200th birthday which is impressive still alive um, at that point um, and he basically people created just some NFTs for uh, Louis Vuitton in like this weird I looked it up it was like an, it's an NFT game but in the loosest possible sense of game it's it's a mobile thing where you run around looking for 200 candles and uh, yeah. I mean, it's
1: it's, <laughs> okay. it's okay. It's fine. So, sounds bizarre. Um I Imagine people got paid. Oh god, absolutely. Um and it just again, well, I mean, we just talked about uh, Louis Vuitton and e Saint Laurent and they're not the only fashion brands to get into No. To NFTs. I mean, we we've t- discussed Burberry, but um Gucci's been in the news um or let's say the web3 news <laughs> um mm. recently because they're now accepting um Ape Yacht Clubs Currency for their products, mm-hmm. um, which is which is interesting. Um, and on the NFT front, um, they partnered with um, I believe, was it Super Rare? I think they they did a like a no a, 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 no?
0: no no. It was called Super Gucci. Okay, um, but it wasn't actually super rare. It was um, it was a collaboration between Gucci's creative director and some artists whose name I can't remember. Okay. And they basically made this collection of 500 NFTs called Super Gucci. And they were like weird blobby figures with the print on them. Um, I, as you can see, I, I wasn't super pumped for them. <laughs> and you get, but the, the cool, the thing I did like is if you bought one of the NFTs, you've got an, uh, I think it was like a eight or 10 inch uh, white ceramic sculpture of your nft and it was made by gucci's ceramicists in italy which wow. that's kind of cool I, yeah. I like i, I you know I'm, I'm on board i i generally like when brands blend the physical and the digital because i think <laughs> that is where the value is to them but um yeah so so yeah gucci have certainly been involved in, in that sort of thing
1: just as a side note Ever since Among Us kind of exploded into popular yeah. culture a couple of years ago... That's what it looks like. It's, it, I couldn't remember. It's, there's so many clones of it. So you've got the uh, you know the yeah. Among Us figure, then you've got you know, the Fall Guys characters, which are basically blobby versions of that. Then you've got yep. Blancos, which yep. basically look the same. Then these uh, Super Guccis, which look basically the same.
0: <laughs> you know what? Look, look um, I'm going to Google this right now. I think the Louis Vuitton... NFT game. I think they also looked kind of like... Yeah, they do. Look at the Louis Vuitton game. Oh, they do. They, they, they look, what, what is this? That's, why, why do people like these sort of featureless blobs? People are gravitating towards this
1: weird aesthetic at the moment by the looks yeah. of things. Um, it's very strange. I mean, I, I absolutely love Fall Guys on Blancos. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I fall, mean, fall into cool. that camp. So, Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a weird trend we've picked up on, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> but... Um, yeah there's there's been Gucci um christian lacroix um did a uh, an nft collection last month um that revolved around their handcrafted scarves um mm-hmm. balenciaga did yep. an nft
0: drop was it last month wow a lot of them have happened in the last month um, this <laughs> is what I, I was last I meant month as well yeah that's what i meant i didn't i didn't mean so much that it's only really started this year but it's been like a sleeper this year of how many have actually moved into the space and done stuff but we also had um I think both were this year it was Prada did have done two things this year they did they, so they teamed up with Adidas hmm. for that um, I, I didn't I didn't really love this but they teamed up with Adidas and they did like a scrambled image collection NFT I don't think there was anything physical uh, attached to it which is kind of meh Um and then they did an NFT drop for a limited edition physical product this was just Prada and it was like a a black sort of bowling shirt, sort of soft collar um, with that brain scan mask that they sometimes use. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. But yeah, I think so. I think Prado have actually done two this year. Wow,
1: well, that's uh, it, It's crazy to see so much support um, from luxury brands for the NFT space. And it's not all, hey, we're releasing an NFT. There's X amount of them, buy them, they're collectible. Mm. It's, it's more involved than that. It's, hey, we're these... NFTs are linked to our scarves or to yeah. pendants, in Tiffany's case, or yeah. you know, they're, they're they're not just looking at it as oh hey we can make a load of money really easy just sell something. They're they're applying themselves more seriously and kind of looking at the the culture and the community within the space and the mm-hmm. technology and seeing a a viable path forward for them as a brand.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, can I give you the worst example so far? Absolutely. <laughs> I think this is so misguided. I'm trying I'm trying not to swear so you don't have to find this later and bleep me. Um, <laughs> but I would be swearing here uh, a lot if given the freedom. It, it's absolutely mad. Have you seen Fendi's um, NFT? I've not. I like Fendi as a
1: brand, so I think you're going to upset me now. But what have they... <laughs>
0: I'm coming what for you. They done? Um they oh, no. they did a they did a <laughs> on the men's runway, they did a Fendi X ledger. Oh, uh Ledger geez. obviously make the cold wallets and it was essentially this bag trinket that c- connects to their Fendi bags, the men's bag. I mean you can connect it to either, but it was meant for men's bags on the men's runway. And it's like a charm that you connect to the bag and then you put your ledger in it. Now, if you think I'm walking around with my ledger in a bag charm, you need to seek medical aid. That is the most insane misguided. Why hasn't ledger said, actually, we don't really want you putting it in some tiny metal wallet and then clipping it to a bag on the outside? Because that's incredibly stupid. Uh, but but they didn't. and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I quite like Fendi as a brand, but that was a swing and a miss. Yeah, I, I like Fendi,
1: but I can't defend that. That's have you, have ridiculous. You Googled it? Have you seen? I Google pictures it. of it. It even looks bad.
0: Like it's <laughs> so bad. It's it's awful. It's, it's not a USB like, stick holder. I could That's un- what it is. I
1: could understand if like you know that bit of metal that goes around the ledger that they'd put like the Fendi monogram on it and does something like yes, that. I, that would sure. be at least cool. But yeah, I don't I, I don't want like a little pouch I can clip it on to like me belt and go wander around and showing people my that's insane that's so bad and there has been some misguided attempts from luxury brands to enter the nft space and none quite as bad as fendi i must say um but um we we're both
0: big fans of watches
1: um did you
0: know that jacob and co released an nft i did uh the the one where they changed the um, background from cities to cryptocurrencies, that one, the... Believe so, um, yes. I can't remember the model number, but it's their, their Torbjorn watch, which sells for... I mean, Jacob and Co. go out of their way to create the most expensive watches on Earth by design. Like, as in, that is the objective. They, they've done it before. They wanted to create the most expensive watch in the world, and they often try and do stuff. I've seen some in the flesh, and they are spectacular, but they're art pieces that, I mean you've been saying to buy one but yeah they, so i think they did a digital version of that i don't know how many there were um but it was it's i would probably have bought one if i could afford it i think it went for 100 grand at auction yeah i think it was a hundred thousand uh, us dollars yeah, yeah someone like that's crazy um
1: jean-claude beaver um uh, biver beaver i've always said beaver that's probably incorrect um I have no idea. but he's he's expressed his support for um for NFTs and uh, Hublot have been another brand that have gone into the. Uh, I didn't know Hublot have looked into it. the NFT space. So to um, it was some sort of um like a celebratory collection um celebrating twenty five years of um of some kind of involvement that John Claude Beaver had in a in Hublo and it was held on OpenSea. Mm. Um and I didn't the, know that. the watch looks. I mean, I like watches, but this looks. Uglyful, yeah. It's, uh, I, I will. I will see if I can get you a picture. How can yes. I get you a picture on Pod? Um,
0: well, send <laughs> oh, on we Discord. Cool. There we go. Just for it's, it. it's
1: on Discord now. Uh,
0: I don't love Hublo to be honest. I, I hate Hublot, but that's. A, I mean, that is. I especially hate that. <laughs> Let me drag down to my main screen. So. Uh, Oh, that's it looks like a cheap knockoff it, yeah, one it does. of their dive watches. It's,
1: yeah, it looks like a knockoff of a Hublot Yeah. And like not I a good
0: don't one. Like that. No, yeah, no, not 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 a good one. Um But there there has been there's a few so there's one there's two more watch uh ones that I know of that have already happened. Uh one was Bulgari, which I actually think was cool. I think they might be winning for me in the watch industry, uh, Okay. If, if you're just tuning in now. John and I love watches. I worked in the watch industry on and off for a while. So um, excuses if we get a bit nerdy with it. <laughs> but uh, Bulgari created 10 NFTs and the NFTs were the digital counterparts of physical versions, which I love. And they teamed up with, um, hang on, I've got the information here. They so they they teamed up with Tamera and Luxo Chain. Now, Luxo Chain is a company that is doing exactly what we've talked about before, which is the authentication of official products through blockchain. Um, so Luxo Chain basically provides digital on chain certificates of authenticity and um. Yeah, that, that's what they're doing, and, and basically they so Bulgari teamed up with Tamera. I don't know who they are, what they do, Luxochain, and then Polygon, and they created these ten. So only ten watches, mm-hmm. and they engraved a QR code on the ratchet wheel of the barrel of the watch, mm-hmm. um, and then they they've applied. I didn't know this until today. They've applied for a patent for something called Bulgari Singularity. Okay, and this is where. The product and the NFT are bound together in a third contract called Singularity, which um, means it's intrinsically linked to the physical object so that the serial number is rec- recorded in the contract on the blockchain and the product's NFT, it's unique and immutable information and the watch itself with the QR code and everything is one thing and they have to exist together. Like they, You, you can't separate them, which is cool. And I think that's heading towards the sort of direction we've spoken about before in in terms of legitimizing and making uh, luxury products verifiable easily, which is far from... Firstly, it's a massive, massive problem for luxury brands. Massive. And uh, I've spoken about this before, but the fakes for watches are getting... ridiculous yeah like uh, to the point where no nobody can really tell the difference between the top because they're made them so the people that are making the parts are then buying the machines and making fakes and you you tend to have to order them from China I know so I wrote a piece on it didn't actually get published in the end but um, I wrote a piece on fakes and how good they were getting and it, it was This isn't why it didn't get published, but it was was bordering an advert at one point Mm. because they, they're just unbelievable. And even dealers were struggling. You have to basically get a loop and you have to go over every grain to try and find any sort of um, difference between them. And it feels kind of antiquated to me that you would have to go and have something appraised to see if it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, as I say, when it's that difficult as well, there needs to be a better system. And yep. that's where blockchain comes in. And it looks like, yeah, bogari is certainly at the forefront of, of employing that.
1: Yeah, NFTs solve the massive problem that the watch industry has around authenticity. Um, hmm. Kevin O'Leary, um, one of these sharks on US Shark Tank, has said before that, especially, I mean, Rolex is the brand that's most often faked, Um You know, Rolex, and I'm not sure whether they are or not, but if they were to implement NFTs in a kind of an authenticating manner similar to Bulgari, then it it does solve this massive issue for them. Um, And as you said, I mean, I was... Funny enough, I was looking at purchasing um, an obvious fake about two weeks ago. Somebody had done, like, a Seiko... Like, an obviously Seiko-branded version of a uh, Nautilus. right. Um and I just thought he was charging like barely anything for it I was like oh it would just be a joke like it, it's basically just it's just mm-hmm. a psycho dial in, a, in like a, a Nautilus case but yeah I mean fakes are fakes are getting more and more difficult to prove to the point where yeah. I mean if you're I, I often uh, look at the um, kind of secondhand watch sales on Reddit and you'll see someone post a Rolex or you know a tag or a Hublot or whatever and you know, fair enough. It might come with box and papers and whatever, but even at that point, you've got to trust the box is. Leg- I mean, sometimes it is a legit box. Sometimes people go out and buy just Rolex yep. boxes and it's then just market. stuff fake papers and fake watches in them. Um, mm-hmm. you can never really be a hundred percent sure that you're getting the real deal. And NFTs solve that. You know, nobody could replicate Rolex's you know digital signature. Or Bulgari's digital signature, or whoever it is, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the luxury space. I mean, we've already seen, yeah. you know, NFT wine, NFT watches. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more and more um, mm. kind of realms of luxury where NFTs are going to find a, an application there. And funny enough, I just thinking off the top of my head, it doesn't just have to apply to to luxury brands. Let's say, I mean, I'm sure there's there's plenty of like medication out there that's faked yeah. or replicated. You could have I don't know a QR code on the bottle that you scan. It's like you know the products within are, you know, certified from this pharmaceutical company or whatever. Um, yeah, the, the the potential use cases of this authenticatory use of NFTs are huge.
0: Yeah, definitely. And this is um, again something I've written on a few times, and well, we've definitely spoken about it in terms of logistics. It's it's valuable, yeah. and. You, you could do that there's a million different ways in which you could do this but for example cars you could have each part listed on a blockchain it could have a, a qr code or, or something on the part and then you can check the parts are genuine and you can track where the parts have gone in their life it, it there's so many applications to it and it it just solves a, a load of problems uh, there's i was listening to a podcast earlier today of um uh Stephen Bartlett the uh CEO uh Diary of a CEO podcast and he was talking to Chris Voss who's this FBI uh ex-FBI negotiator and I have I've read his book actually it's it's really interesting and he talks about uh the ways in which you couldn't can succeed in business and one of the things he says is you should always run towards the fire always look for trouble and and not that blockchain has particularly done that, but it can do because it, it's solving problems. And as soon as you start solving problems, your value goes up. And I, I don't think we've really started touching on how valuable blockchain can be to, I mean, luxury brands, like well, like we say, is just the beginning. And we'll we'll also see things like uh, logistics and I've seen medicine mentioned a few times. I'm not really clear on all of the ways in which it can be useful. I know medical records on chain was something they looked at uh, but yeah there's just so many ways but to keep this self-contained luxury brands certainly uh, stand to benefit a lot. Yeah absolutely and um, as I kind of previously alluded to it's
1: not just brands uh selling their own nfts but also finding intriguing ways to incorporate nfts or blockchain technology into what they do and mm. um kind of the most um the most obvious example of this is tag uh Hoya? Hua? <laughs> you'll probably yep.
0: correct me better <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure i say tag but i oh. haven't really thought about it that much to be honest. So i don't <laughs> think i've said it out loud very often <laughs>
1: So, um, so Tag, as we'll, we'll now call them, yeah. um, they're, so. a, they're a kind of, uh, I don't want to call them kind of a mid-range luxury, but they're not quite at kind of your Rolex level, but they're kind of, no. a would say, a step step below that when it comes to kind of, uh, they're kind of like an, entry, an entry-level luxury watch brand, let's say. Um, mm. And they have been experimenting with smartwatches, especially in recent years. I think they were one of the first luxury brands to do a, a smartwatch. Um, yeah. And uh, they have recently allowed you to display... NFTs on the face of your uh, tag smartwatch, yeah. and it was interesting to read uh, an interview uh, that Vogue did with uh, Frederick Arnoux, who's the CEO of LVMH, uh, who own uh, it's like Dior, Fendi, uh, Givenchy, mm. Stella McCartney, and uh, about half a dozen watch brands. Um, yeah, and he uh, when talking about the the tag um the tax uh, move to allow users to display their nfts on the watches um they said that they're he said that they're speaking to all passionate collectors and it it, it came across to me that they're they want to ride this wave of hey we want to be seen as you know a community focused brand and an entity so this is like a natural step for us to allow our customers to i guess inject a part of themselves um onto our watches and um uh, yeah. Guillaume Matthias who I'm probably butchering that name uh, is a product manager at Tag you know what I'm trying to say tag, <laughs> tag. um he's compared nfts to um, the modern day Daft punk so that kind of same kind of like oh they're cool they're new they're fresh they're in the uh, you know the captured um, public attention. And he also said that we think the wrist is a great place to display your NFT, to have it close to you, but also as a way of authentication between members of the community, like a badge of honor in a subdued way. And he, I guess he, he's right. He is right. Um, he went on to say, and this is quite interesting, he said, we also believe in digital twins and proof of ownership associated with mechanical watches. Now... Yeah. There's one way of taking that is, oh, hey, you can prove your own abort date by having it on the wrist. But I also think, huh, is he alluding to our tag working on a way of also saying, hey, you can authenticate you have a real tag watch through yep. some sort of proof of ownership blockchain um, system? And, uh, yeah, j- I think that's right. Yeah, um, Anu kind of uh, wrapped up by saying that um, when it came to watch sales this year... Um, and talking specifically about Web3 and crypto, so we've already sold uh, nice pieces, nice watches this year. Um, but now we want to speak more directly to the community. Um, we're very confident of our sales. We're expecting strong growth. Um, but again, kind of reiterating that these brands, and I'm sure Tag isn't the only one, they want to be seen as more focused around their customers. They want to be seen as part of the community and not just this Um, this kind of overlord that, you know, dictates what fashion is and dictates what trends are. As as much Mm. as luxury bands do that and will continue to do that, um, and, you know, there's that level of prestige associated with them in that sense, Mm. they also want to seem more more approachable, more friendly. And I think this cottons back into they need to find or attract this younger audience. And, you know, that ties into why they're advertising and working with video games and eSports tournaments and why they're looking into Web3 uh, and, you know, why <laughs> Tiffany has made CryptoPunk pendants. They want to mm. be seen as, you know, trendsetters again and Web3 is the perfect place to allow them to do that.
0: To be honest with you, I, I'm i surprised that the uptake has been as quick as it has. I, The watch industry is a strange beast. Sometimes I loved working in it. And sometimes I found it just antiquated and slow moving, and very traditional, which it would be given that mechanical watches are not the best way to keep time, no. but they're just fantastic. So, you know, if you love them, you love them. And so it makes sense that they try and keep things traditional, but the watch industry has really hooked on to NFTs and blockchain and Web3 and the, the closest to me. So I've worked in the watch industry in a couple of ways. I'm sure I've mentioned it spread out over different episodes, but uh, I worked as a um, advertising photographer, creating editorials for brands, for magazines and stuff. And then I worked as a journalist uh, for a blog to watch. So I was a, a writer writing about um, the watch industry. And one of the brands that I particularly love and that I worked with a lot was uh, Frederick Constant, and they were very quick off the mark. Now they're kind of strangely positioned because they're expensive. They're kind of around tag prices, uh, but they're not. You know, they're not really, really like Rolex expensive, but they're not cheap. And they're Swiss, so they they have that about them. But I always found like they were, they were a little bit. They weren't quite cool yet. They were. They didn't have everyone's attention, yeah. and I was. I didn't know which way it would go with. NFTs. I I kind of half expected them to not do anything uh, and just wait because they didn't want to, you know, risk alienating themselves already. But they, they didn't do that at all. And they released an NFT. And I actually think they did one of the best jobs of releasing NFTs. So they, to celebrate the classics world timer, which I should have worn. Um, because it's one of my favorite watches and that's the one that I love boasting because I told them they should do a certain colorway of it and they mm. eventually did it and it almost definitely had nothing to do with me but I would claim it. <laughs> um, so they did something called the Classics World Timer which, uh, you know, anyone who knows what World Timer is it shows the time in every time zone. It's a fantastic piece of engineering and essentially they, they released... Uh, I, I can't remember how many it was total but it was like maybe 500 NFTs and five would go to the first people who bought a world timer after the NFT launch. Then 50 would go to current owners. Um, you just had to check your SKU code, which I did and I, was, I wasn't was lucky enough, unfortunately. Um, but they were pairing. So the NFT is always going to act as a digital counterpart to the physical product, which is, you know, countering fraud, blah, 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 everything we've already been saying. Um, but then they were using it and this is what I really like, is they were adding utility to the NFT on top of that. So you've got the verification side, but that's kind of only taking it a few percent into what you can achieve with an NFT like this. And they added it as a soft membership. So you would get perks. Uh, I think, I can only remember some of them, but each quarter you got something like previews of upcoming watches that other people wouldn't get to know. You also got to pre-order before anyone else could pre-order. Uh, then they there was something about, the people who own the NFTs would be involved in a sort of crowd, not crowdfunded, but like um, watch designed by committee. They were going to do a limited, limited edition physical watch uh, that was going to be designed almost by poll. I think, by mm. all the NFT owners would have a say in what colors and features and stuff. And then there's some sort of member experience. I, their stores are only in Geneva, I think, so I've never actually been in a store. But if you own a watch... Uh, you get some sort of member experience uh, in their watches in their watch stores. And you would get that if you had the NFT and then you get invited to watch days and Frederick constant events and previews of future NFT projects. They basically loaded a load of these things on there. And I, I think you'll see other watch brands starting to do that now that yes, you can use it for verification purposes, but you might as well just build some other stuff on top of it and make it, make your brand even more desirable. And we've seen how successful using NFT as a sort of members pass has been with, you know, Bored Apes being the pinnacle of that. Mm-hmm. And I think Frederick Constant did, I, I don't think they're quite there in terms of the allure to their events and stuff, but they're, they're close. They're getting there. I think they're an underrated brand. Hashtag not spawn. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even work with them anymore. I, I, am, I am, in fact, wearing... Oh, I just hit my mic. That's going to come out. Uh, I am actually wearing... Uh, a Frederick Constant watch now I, I, I love I love their watches um, but yeah they've become very forward thinking which I didn't really expect for the industry as a whole and certainly not for uh, smaller brands but it, it's great to see such a traditional industry engaging with something so cutting edge absolutely and um, I, I think <laughs> I've always had the same opinion of
1: Frederick Constant I've always known they're there but they've never quite attracted me enough to kind yep. of dive in and want to That's on niche. But yeah, there um, there are a number of um, brands who I think are uh, not just luxury brands, but um, uh, you know, clothing, jewellery, watches in general that are realising kind of the power that this technology has. I think the mm. one of the biggest problems for, um, let's just take Burberry as an example, is that uh, let's say you have a, you have a shop set up in Harrods, which is the big luxury store in London in the UK, and you have five people come in and buy a scarf. Um, you don't that, that's not a community or a group of people that's just five yep. individuals and um, you know there's no sense of uh of belonging there and there's no real sense to to reach out to those customers again you know unless you've got their email or whatever and you can spam them with stuff i mean that's not that's just pestering them really yeah um whereas nfts let's say um I, don't, I love uniqlo the kind of utilitarian Me too. fashion brand um let's say they put a uh, I don't know a, a qr code kind of like how um, we did with our tonic cup t-shirts on um, on all of our items and you scan that and you get an nft uh, and then they say hey if you hold this nft then i don't know you get five percent off or ten percent off and we invite you into this group and um, quite like mm. how Frederick Constant had it, said, oh, hey, you, you get all these benefits, so then you start cultivating more of an actual community amongst your customers. And yeah. we're seeing, um, I, I can't remember names off the top of my head, but especially in the gaming um, and the fashion spaces, people saying that, uh, look, we're, we're looking to monetize the presence of community rather than just, uh, you know, hey, here's a product, buy a product, enjoy a product. It's like, hey, you've got, you've got a group of people there with a, uh, that all share a love and a passion for something and you can only good things can come out of um, facilitating them interacting with each other and being able to share the same experiences and enjoy various perks and i mean frederick constant have gotten onto that um straight away and i think i i hope to see um, more brands kind of transition their, you know, their loyalty schemes and their Nectar cards and your Tesco club card into <laughs> these um, these systems powered by blockchain technology that have um, more more of an actual impact on the the end customer. You know, rather than, you know, you get your club card, you get 10p off your shop once you've spent 10 grand, <laughs> you know, you'll get more genuine benefits to... Mm. Um, brands, And I think we're going to see brands compete at that level when it comes to um, NFTs and different kinds of memberships they do. And I think we're going to see um, customers get more value at the end of the day from that. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, Frederick Constant offer, you know, as you said, there's, you get to design a watch by committee and have access to these experiences and they can get extended warranties and early access. Whenever the mm. next watch company comes out, and does a similar, hey, we're doing this limited edition watch, they're going to have to look at what Frederick Constant have done and think, well, hey, we can't just do like something small and irrelevant. We're going to have to do something meaningful or people are just going to dismiss it as a gimmick. Mm. So... I'm yeah. uh, I'm excited to see, um, especially I, as we said it. I think the last month or two has been crazy with the amount of uh, jewelry companies, fashion companies, watch companies in the luxury space entering NFTs. And I'll be interested to see what the next twelve months looks like in terms of how all of those brands will apply themselves to Web three.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. I th- I think this is the start of something rather than the middle or um, a phase. I don't think I think that's really unlikely, but. I think you touched on something interesting there. That So these brands have an opportunity to build a community which they haven't really had before no. or they at least haven't utilised it if they have had a way. So I presume it just wasn't very easy to do. And th- there's something I t- I've talked about in photography, but even when I talked about it in photography, it, I mentioned that it was true in most areas. And that is brand loyalty is dead. People yeah. aren't loyal to brands really anymore because what's the benefit you you don't get anything for it there is so there used to be um my friend's dad was a one of the best sports photographers in the world and he traveled the globe and took photos of every major sports event for three decades and he was a seriously big deal in the industry and he always shot with the same brand because he got you know they they valued him as as a customer and as someone who uses their camera as and as an ambassador and ambassadors always get these perks but the average user doesn't like Mm. i i shot with canon then i shot with sony now i shoot with sony and fujifilm and i've got hasselblad like i'd i'll bin anyone and move (laughs) on to the next Like I, i have no qualms no i owe nothing to anybody because they don't they don't look after me we're we're in the age of you know mass consumption of products, and yep. it's probably not possible really to to look after everyone and make people feel like they're part of an ecosystem. Yep. Whereas now we we sort of have that opportunity with with blockchain, and perhaps it, it won't get used quite in you know the mass markets. But in terms of luxury products, I think it's the perfect opportunity to to build these communities, induct them into groups where they can discuss the products and you know, just build a sense of community around the brand, which yeah. it just feels like it's been so long since that's happened. And there's one of the things I loved, again, I've gone back to watches, I can't help it. <laughs> uh, so I worked with a lot of micro brands, which is it's like indie game. I mean, I know you know, but for anyone who doesn't, um indie brands, are, uh, so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've got ahead of myself there. Uh, micro brands are just like indie developers, uh, but yeah. in the watch world. So they they work on small budgets and they create small runs of watches. And I loved working in uh, the micro brand area because you did have a sense of community around these watches. There was Facebook groups, which obviously is a bit antiquated in itself, but you would join these Facebook groups and there would be people who owned these watches and the micro brand community as a whole was also pretty insular. And they had, so I'm still in groups on WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook and all sorts uh, for micro brands. And the admins will be very selective over which brands counters micro brands and which don't. And there's a real, it's, it's really cool. Like if you get a, if you buy a micro brand watch, even if it's a common one that people have seen, you put it in the group, like a wrist shot and everyone's like, Oh, nice man. Like I love that, that color. Like I, I love that yep. dial. And it sounds kind of stupid, but you, you feel a part of something. And mm-hmm. obviously tribalism is deeply embedded in us as creatures. And, I just think I think it's cool and I, I think blockchain and NFTs can do that for brands that haven't traditionally done that and particularly the ones we've been speaking of have arguably fallen out of favor in, in many cases Burberry fell out of favor I think Louis Vuitton and Gucci um sort of transitioned from being the ultimate luxury brands for fashion and bags to kind of they were seen as a bit tacky and mm. Uh, then that's really it's it's hard to regenerate that that image whereas now i, I think web3 can be a source of reset for these brands absolutely i, I wouldn't have
1: thought there's any uh, micro brand watch owners or marketers <laughs> listening to this podcast but if you are get in on the nft game and use that yeah. to cultivate your audience i think nfts give you an opportunity better than any other we've seen in the last 15 20 25 years to be able to you know, just create the sense of community and ultimately from a brand point of view to be able to control it, that sounds like a bad thing but what I mean from that is you have a direct line to your most loyal customers and you can mm. offer them discounts or you can incentivize them to become f- fans not just of your products but of your brand and you can rekindle that sense of brand loyalty that as you said has been missing from so many, not just luxury brands but average consumer brands for such a long time. I think the yeah. one thing that NFTs have done better than oh, I mean they've done a lot of great things but one of the great things that nfts have done is rekindle uh, proper brand loyalty you know if you mm. hold a bored ape you are part of an exclusive club where you know there's 10,000 other nfts and only people that hold those nfts can go to um, you know uh, ape fest in new york or you know mm. all the other little events they do and you have access to exclusive merch and exclusive opportunities and the same if you own a cryptopunk or a cool cat, or an invisible friend. You know, it's not just... I'm not just talking about, you know, a Discord chat where everybody can talk, although that is very, um, obviously, very valuable to have those exclusive spaces mm. where owners can hang out and get to know one another. But also, the you know, the exclusive experiences and different ways to to move this digital world into the real world and have it um, become a more meaningful part of people's lives. And I think as, as we see more... Or hopefully, we see more um, kind of traditional brands embrace that. Uh, that we're going to see somewhat of a revolution when it comes to um, to how people experience and associate themselves with brands. Like if you if you talk to me at the moment, I'll say you know I'm a I'm a fan of Uniqlo. I'm a fan of Christopher Ward watches. I'm a fan of fendi as a brand but am i necessarily loyal to them no you know i'll go and buy a different brand of t-shirt i'll go and buy a different brand of watch and i'll go buy a different i don't know exorbitantly expensive hoodie or turtleneck or pair of trainers I, i don't actually own any fendi just for the sake of argument i just like the brand but if let's say a brand like that were to incentivize me and provide me a community where i can share my enthusiasm and with other people, then I would absolutely feel closer to that brand. And that would impact my purchasing decisions. You know, it's, I mean, I, I love Christopher Ward. I've been heavily debating buying one of their watches for last week. Um, if mm. they, on top of having the watch and, and you know, how, how good that watch is, if they said, hey you know you buy this watch also in this club we we can invite you into this space and you know every now and again we have events that are exclusive to our owners and you know we might um, ask for your feedback on our future watches and hold polls and i would absolutely buy one of their watches in a heartbeat Mm. i think there's so much power for blockchain technology to impact on purchasing decisions that i would be shocked if not just luxury brands not just people in web 3 not just games but any any brand selling anything um, of value, of substantive value, um, doesn't look at blockchain technology as a way to better connect with their customers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think also what people are doing with, uh, particularly what I think Tiffany have done, is they're tapping into already established communities. Yes. So yeah. CryptoPunk's Owning a CryptoPunk puts you into an exclusive community as it is. I'm sure they have their own walled gardens that they live in um, online. And, yep. you know, I, I the reason I don't know about them is because I don't own one. And that's kind of the point. Um, and I think Tiffany have tapped into that. Now, when I said earlier that I wanted to mention uh, something about IP, and I think this is an important point with regards to collections like we're seeing with, you know, Tiffany X CryptoPunks. Uh that wouldn't be possible unless the IP rights were handed over to the NFT owner from the creator, which is something Bored Apes did and something CryptoPunks have done. And um, it just got me thinking, but before we come in the pod, I was thinking about this a lot. And these so these collaborations are only possible if the IPs are held by the NFT owner, not the creator. Otherwise, it's IP infringement using the images, because uh, obviously they are creating pendants that look exactly like the CryptoPunks. Yep. Now, you run a if you create these NFT collections, you run a huge risk relinquishing IP control, and it's something that I think before crypto you would have been heavily warned against actually doing, because yep. it, it it just sounds almost suicidal to lose control but because of the way blockchain works and because of the way crypto works and secondary markets and sales it it's become this sort of incredibly astute decision and i don't think they could have really known the extent at which board apes and crypto punks would lead to these collaborations that uh, enrich the collection rather than detract from it because You'd, you'd expect all these I mean I'm sure there are but you'd expect all these rubbish t-shirts and stuff for sale um, rather than um, you know Tiffany collaborations for example but I think it's worked really really well and that's another interesting route that these brands can take is doing what Tiffany did and collaborating with uh, NFT collections that are highly desirable you know on par with in terms of desirability on par with your luxury brand obviously you wouldn't want to aim too far below you or it's not you know probably damages your brand yep. but if you aim at the same level of desirability and collaborate you are capturing a community that already exists and the cool design that people are enjoying it can just be used freely because it resides with the creator so i presume that these people who buy the tiffany pendant because they own a cryptopunk i presume they have to sign the rights to that for this use one time use of um of the pendant creation so it's it's just an interesting little interaction with uh intellectual property and brands and crypto and nfts and it's something that i hadn't really i i definitely wouldn't have predicted the success it's had if you'd asked me you know 10 years ago there's no way i would have predicted how valuable that's become
1: no i think that move from collections like cryptopunks and um, board ape of course both owned by yuga to Mm-hmm. Um, give the rights to those NFTs to the owner was huge and has led to um, some incredible things that w- I, I mean a traditional luxury brand necessarily wouldn't have wouldn't have ever considered. Obviously, as a, as a traditional brand with like hundred years of experience, that's huge risk to just saying to anyone who owns it, yeah, go and use this for whatever you like. But with something like a bored ape, it's like, hey, you know, we're we're community focused you know we trust you to to do some some cool things with this so yeah have at it use your your ape or your punk however you like and see what comes of it and i mean especially on the board ape side we've seen so many cool things we've seen like board ape luggage and clothing and i mean if i look behind me i'm gonna go get it actually just so sure. guys on pod can see this is a, a cushion board ape little uh, push plushy kind of cushion thing here from board ape Mm. wear which do like high quality um kind of branded board ape merch there's like bomber jackets and shirts and all kinds of things and you know we wouldn't have seen that or if um Labs had the foresight to give their community the the power to do that with what is ostensibly their creation and um i'm not saying that i think every Luxury brand is all of a sudden going to become an open book and be like, "Hey, yeah, do whatever you like." with well, that's stuff because that's not going to happen. But I think we we're, um, we're seeing luxury brands at least work with people that are embracing the idea, and maybe we'll see some um, maybe we'll see some attitudes change. Maybe we will see um, a bit more um, a bit more power given to the community and a bit um, you know consumers given a bit more freedom into mm. um, what they can do with the products that they own.
0: Yeah, it's just, a, it's a bit of a strange one because by relinquishing your control of the IP, you are also giving up uh, the most common, historically, the most common way to monetize anything that you you create is, you know, you own that thing and you can license it out. That's what you do. Even photography, I would license my images out for um, adverts or whatever. And, and that's how you made money out of it. But instead, this is like giving it up for free because its value will increase thanks to other people creating with it. And it's just, I mean, I guess it's the, the, maybe the nature of, of blockchain is more collaborative, but yeah, I think it's a great little interaction. And I think, although I wouldn't wear one of those pendants and I think <laughs> it's highly unexpected, the Tiffany collaboration. As I said, I mean, I did not have that on my 2022 NFT bingo card. That no. it was, <laughs> when I read it, I had to read it like three times. like Tiffany, the the ancient very traditional uh brand collaborating with something extremely new even in aesthetic it's you know it's that that sort of pixelated look it it, it just seemed like such a bizarre um collab but i think i think they've actually done really well with it i think it's a a very good idea in terms of marketing and uh yeah like they've tapped into that that community as well so Um, we've, got, I think we've come full circle there, yeah. rather nicely coming back yeah. to, to yeah, Tiffany. We have. I
1: think Tiffany have really been hitting their stride lately. I mean, Tiffany dial watches are just flying off the shelves. I mean, any watch hmm. that releases with a blue dial, a light blue dial, sells out immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, hey, yo, know, Tiffany, Tiffany don't know what they're doing at the moment, and I think I don't think they'll be the only luxury um, jewelry brand that. Um, enters the NFT space anytime soon. Uh, I I don't know. We'll be seeing Cartier, Van Arpels, who who knows? But um, I think it was a very shrewd move and hopefully it'll be the sign Hmm. of more to come. So,
0: Yeah, perhaps. The the only thing I'd like to say in closing is that I hope the brands don't do pointless NFT collections just to be a part of this. I mean, we've already seen it with... I can't remember what the collections were anymore. I just remember my reaction, which is um, Givenchy and Ray-Ban. Just NFT collections that are just NFTs. There's no physical product, there's no uh, utility to it. It's just a little art piece, and they put a big old price tag on it. And it just, uh, I think you're missing the point doing that. You're really not. Yeah, you're just trying to dress like the cool kids, but you're not actually doing anything valuable. So if there's the creative director of a major luxury brand listening to this, and I like to think there's at least two or three, uh, (laughs) don't just do a pointless collection, add utility, make use of of blockchain technology and its community and its immutability, tie it with the physical physical products, make it a membership. There's so much you can do with it, be creative with it. And uh, I think it can be so, so valuable.
1: Yeah. I mean if you want to use your luxury brand and just cash in and make a you know make an NFT someone will buy it you'll get some short term yeah. money sure but you can generate a lot more value and a lot more um a, a lot more future success let's say if you if you kind of approach it in a more serious manner say hey here's an NFT here's all the things you can get from it let's build a community let's embrace that community and let's give you know our purchase our buyers our fans um let's give them a reason to to stick around with us and to to love our brands and continue to purchase our products um that's a weird point to end on giving advice to brands rather than you know (laughs) nft (laughs) buyers we've got after (laughs) 33 episodes (laughs) Um, but i I think from a from like a, a buyer point of view um i think you're going to see a lot more of um a lot more brands embracing this kind of community feeling mm. and this growth of community and embracing of community that is native to to web3 um you know I, i'm sure many of you listening to this own your uh, you own nfts of some kind whether it's some small artist whether it's a game whatever it is um but they'll uh, they cultivate a community and i'm sure that you're going to see your favorite brands doing the same thing soon mm. So, you may have seen a quick cut there. Uh, that's because my MetaQuest 2 has just arrived. So, Ooh. I'm, uh, yeah, looking forward to trying that out. I Unfortunately, couldn't get it before they jacked the price up by uh, 100 quid. But, um, mm. yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to trying that out. And, uh, yeah, you know, you've got your Beat Saber, your, what's it, VR chats, and hopefully um, some, some VR metaverses to come soon. so much
0: cool tech out there at the moment. Dave just got um, one of the first... I think it's one of the first shipped Steam decks. Uh, that thing's yeah. insane. It's so good. I've heard a lot of good reviews and feedback from it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a three-month wait to get wow. to get one. So yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, there we go. Episode thirty-three.
1: I, mm. I remember last week I was calling it episode thirty-four <laughs> and it's thirty-two.
0: Yeah, I, I said thirty-two, <laughs> then you said thirty-four, and it, I mean, apparently you're you're in my head because I was just like thirty-four. It is fine. <laughs> There we go, episode 33 of uh, the
1: Moment One podcast in the books. Uh, Rob, where can we find you?
0: You can find me on uh, Token Gamer News on Twitter. Then TokenGamer.io is the uh, website with daily blockchain gaming content. Um, We have, uh, what else do we have? App uh, on the App Store, Apple App Store, and um, on the Google Play Store. Uh, Giveaways, competitions, we've got... Uh, we've got some cool stuff coming up I don't know how much I can mention I feel like I say that every week we've we've got products that we're we're launching interesting collaborations uh yeah just come come say hello come join us we had so we've got a giveaway at the moment for Warsaken and they might have the best community of any game we've we've partnered with so far mm-hmm. their their community came steaming into our discord uh, chatty and open to talk about how cool Warsaken is and I like that. I very much like that. So uh, yes, I've probably missed out a hundred things, but you, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll find us if you want to find us, John. Over to you.
1: Awesome. So uh, for myself, it is NFT Insider underscore io. Uh, that's the social media. Let's start the socials first for NFT insiders: um, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Um, so you'll see some short form clips from uh from this podcast from some other videos and we've got coming up um on on tiktok as well so go follow us there um for the latest nft news it's nftinsider.io um now that we're a team of four and um, we are doing daily content and we've got nice a whole bunch of things in the pipelines as well um a lot more interesting things coming to our social platforms especially um instagram so um IO on insta if you could follow us there there's some cool stuff on uh, on there um and yeah it kind of uh, what have we had this week we've had uh, an article on my nft ban we've done um, our first article recapping the top five sales on wax this past month um and yeah we've got some some interesting videos and uh, another pieces of content in the works so look forward to that uh, for me personally it's at hydropower h-y-d-r-o p-w-r-d on twitch twitter instagram tick tock clubhouse um, probably a few more, um, but of course, Twitter is the uh, is the main one for my industry commentary, um, security tips, um, all sorts of little tidbits about the uh, the blockchain space. So I think that is it.
0: Mm, no, I, I should have um, I should mention content that people should look out for, but uh, I didn't. The only thing, the only reason I. I even thought to say that but then didn't, was uh, yesterday I, I had a bit of a, an unusual um, article in that I, w- I was going to be writing a news piece and like we always do a bit of news, a bit of commentary on it, but then I just had this moment where I wanted to, to discuss how bored I am of traditional gaming and how it needs huh. to be shaken up. So there's an article called Web3 is the hard reset gaming desperately needs. Uh, give it a read and let me know your thoughts. You may well disagree with me and I'm very much open to that. But uh, it's <clears throat> it ended up being quite the essay. <laughs> I, it just, uh, yeah, just randomly. Uh, it, sh- it could be a podcast episode in the future, I feel.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Web3... Well, gaming in general does need shaking up, and I think Web3 is the kind of facility to do that with, so... Mm. Yeah, there we go. Episode, okay. episode 33 of the Mint 1 podcast is in the books. Thank you very much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And let us know down in the comments if you've got any uh, any questions, any comments from uh, from what we've talked about in this episode to do with luxury NFTs or um, anything you'd like us to talk about in the future. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to give us a five-star podcast review. Yeah, there we go. Thank cool. you very much for for tuning in everybody and we hope you tune in again next week